0: Unfortunately, that phrase is once again starting to become not the best sounding as it was say in March and April, when I continue to start our show off like that, starting to get that same similar vibe of, is it really exciting? We're really just trying to survive in advance each week in the sports world. And many teams are continuing to do that. One league presses on as we speak as the NBA draft is currently happening in its first round. I got to be honest though. I have zero interest. I don't know if that's because the Lakers won the NBA finals, our favorite team. And I know that they're not picking till the end. I don't know if it's because there was no NCAA tournament to give you that extra juice to figure out who the hell plays college basketball I don't know if it's because that was seemingly forever ago that we had college basketball, but whatever the reasons may be, I don't have much interest in what's going on. But since you are plugged in to sports as the old report, I'm assuming you've had this on television. I'm assuming you're watching so you can at least tell the listeners your thoughts on how these first couple picks went down and all the excitement. I will say this before you get started with that. We have to give credence. We have to give shout out. To a subject of this show before and a subject of sports media for years until he decided to take a couple steps backward. LeVar Ball, Al, has two of his three sons as top three NBA picks. Spoken into existence. He's been yelling this for years. Not so much recently. I guess as I mentioned, he's taken a step back. But anytime they put a microphone in front of him, he told you exactly what was going to happen. My son is going to the Lakers. Sure enough. There he goes. My other sons, they're going to be top draft picks as well. Number one picks. Now he wasn't necessarily 100% correct. As I mentioned, just two out of three sons. The third one is still alive, folks. It's not like he had an accident or anything or LeVar put him down because he wasn't going to make it in the NBA. He's still okay. Two out of three of his son's top three draft picks. You got to tip your cap to the mat. And even tonight took a more humbling route because he was the trolliest of all trolls for years. And the sports media trolls, those fools that for whatever reason, people continue to watch in the morning, listening to people just yell at each other from six feet apart. They would put them on TV and roll them out every week. Lavar, what do you think about your kids? Let the yelling commence. Well, here we are. And you got to tip your cap to the man for the ridiculousness of how he got them here. They're here. So look at that. Two balls, two balls, top three draft picks. Maybe Michael Jordan thought, you know what? This guy, LeVar ball once said he could beat me one-on-one. Remember that? Maybe he thought, Hey, he might be able to let me draft his kid with the Hornets. And get him off my back. I don't want to get embarrassed on national TV if he ever has us play that one-on-one matchup. Maybe that was the reasoning for MJ taking him number three. Anyway, I just had to get that out there. Shout out to LeVar Ball. What a night for our guy. Well, first of
1: all, greetings to all of our friends and fans out there. It is you know, a very unheralded NBA draft. Big John, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, out of of sight, out of mind. It's been so long since we saw college basketball. It does seem like it was years ago. And what we saw was so abbreviated. We didn't get to see everybody on center stage where we would normally see them and identify with the kids. And most of our kids, because so many of these players are coming out after their first year, second year. You have the next pick, Obi Toppin, uh, who actually uh, finished his career, uh, or, or tried to, before the pandemic finished his career. Um, and had, had a full career uh, at Dayton, and led them to a tremendous season, uh, which was, of course, spoiled by the pandemic. But it just seemed that there is not the one centerpiece player out there that everyone identifies with. And know, we go back, cause obviously last year Zion Williams and Zion Williamson, and Zion Williamson. but you know, even, uh, even Ja, who was very highly thought of and identified with, and, you know, took his team to the NCAA, but you didn't have any of that to watch. You didn't have any of these players to relate to with March Madness. So that's missing. The fact that it was so long ago is missing. The fact that once sports came back, that wasn't one of the things that did come back. What came back, what came back was the NFL. More importantly, what came back was the postseason of the NHL and most notably MLB and NBA. NBA and 10 were not used to having it, which took center stage. Then the MLB playoffs, all in the bubble, all successful. So it really put, I think, college sports and especially college basketball way, way, way in a rearview mirror. Totally out of sight. Totally out of mind. And now we have a draft with a bunch of players that we really can't identify with because we haven't seen it even in so long. And a lot of them we barely saw a glimpse of. Anthony Edwards, the number one pick. How many games did anyone see him play this year in the SEC? A handful at best. The number two pick, James Wiseman, the big kid out of Memphis for three games before the NCAA said, you can't play anymore. Nobody saw him play because he didn't play. And he's taken by Golden State, which I think was a tremendous pick. You know, Golden State was the last time Golden State had that legitimate big man. This kid has a chance, by all accounts, to be a tremendous NBA player. If you're with Golden State, just, son, go out there, run the court, rebound, defend, All right, block shots, we'll take care of everything else. Although Clay Thompson did get hurt today, we're waiting to find out the severity of that injury. Hopefully not severe, but we don't know. It hasn't affected anything they did in this draft so far. A lot of people thought when that injury happened this afternoon that they may trade out of that pick or they may select a guard. And then at number three, as you pointed out, the third ball brother, the second one to go in the top three of the draft, his brother taken by our Lakers, a massive disappointment. Now in New Orleans, as part of the AD trade. And now he's taken three ironically by the Hornets and Michael Jordan, where his father can go play. Michael Jordan, one-on-one. Michael Jordan can kick his ass. Because remember, he made a fool of himself saying, You're hey, Jordan. And we remember what a dog and pony show that was for the Lakers. Dealing with this oaf, dealing with this buffoon dealing with this moron on every talk show, every who wanted to get ratings, had to, hit, had to have him on, and he just made a bigger fool of himself show after show after show. Is he the Richard Williams of, of basketball? Well, they laughed at Richard Williams when he said his daughters were going to be, if not the two best, two of the best tennis players in the world. He was right. His youngest daughter turned out to be arguably the greatest female tennis player of all time and her older sister one of the greatest female tennis players of all time so far ball number one is a major disappointment let's see what ball number two is because nobody's seen him play either the reputation he has is is a gunner with an odd shot like his brother not the same motion but apparently an odd shot like his brother a chucker, who doesn't defend if that's what you're going to be you're going nowhere in the NBA because if you're not going to defend and you're just going to be a chucker you're going to be on the bench and when your rookie contract is up so will your career because if you can't defend in this league you don't win games and if you don't win games you don't last long we will see and or listen to how much his father has to say, which hopefully will be minimal because he's in Michael Jordan's house. Whether or not they can whip him into a real NBA version of a player remains to be seen. He played in the Australian League, 12 games. You know his, his brother's been a huge disappointment uh, when the Lakers took him with the two pick. He's now mired in New Orleans with the Pelicans. Uh, who got all those players from the Lakers, and were hideous when they got to the bubble last year, and have now traded their point guard, Andrew Holiday, to the Bucks, who's probably their best player, uh, with the possible exception of uh, you know uh, Ingram, who the former Laker was in that deal. So we'll see. I have no idea how good the Ball brothers are going to be as NBA players. None. Plus, Lonzo couldn't stay on the court. He's always hurt.
0: Yeah, taking so, Lonzo over Jason Tatum, who would have thought proved poor uh, for our Lakers?
1: Ah. Uh, you uh, uh, imagine?
0: Uh, Be nice to have Jason Tatum on the
1: Well, Lakers. If, if you had Jason Tatum, you wouldn't have Anthony Davis. Because if you took Jason Tatum, you wouldn't have continued to finish where finish you finished. But you would have had Ingram and Jason, Jason Tatum. Because obviously you never would have traded J- Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis, you wouldn't, you, you you could have had a triumvirate of Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram, and LeBron James. That could have been your triumvirate, because you remember, he was there before, obviously he came before the trade was made, right. all those guys were there, so if you had him there with Lonzo Ball and Ingram instead of Lonzo Ball, my goodness. Who knows if we would ever gotten hurt? Who knows if there ever been a trade made? Who knows? We have no way of knowing. But Jason Tatum, who I thought was the best player in that draft, has turned out to be the best player in that draft.
0: The championship certainly washed away any bad taste from that. And if the more come, the merrier, obviously. But there is a what could have been aspect to it. Now, obviously, sure. a championship sure. isn't a sure thing, but. You'd assume they would have at least been playing for one with LeBron on the team. As I mentioned, though, raising that banner one day when they're able to, it'll be all worth it. But the and, unfortunate and thing, Nick too, fans, of all Nick of fans, all the places they, for Tatum to go, he goes to the Celtics. <laughs> you know, of all the teams, but, but. but they
1: st- but they haven't won a title with him. Exactly. And the Lakers have won theirs. Now the, now the goal now the goal is to pass the Celtics. Now that we've tied them for all time titles. Two quick things for Knicks fans: they did take Ob Toppin. Passed on a, a guy that a lot of people wanted them to take, uh, a, a pretty slick point guard, good shooter, good length, good defender, uh, Halliburton from Iowa State, who I've only seen him play a few times, but is a really nice player. And they took Obi Top, and he was the player of the year. Who we all saw play a lot uh, for that Dayton team. It had a wonderful season. He was the player of the year. A very good scorer, very athletic, good in the open court, uh, a mid sized guy. So it kind of, you know, it gives them another middle, another forward with, you know, RJ Barrett's really a swing and Randall, uh, who's a forward. So there was a lot of talk that they would, they would take Halliburton because he's really the point guard that they, that, that they need. And, uh, he won a few picks later. So, uh, the Knicks fans get the player that pretty much everybody saw mediocre defender, but he'll have to play defense if he wants to play for their new coach, because we're there. We we, we know uh, Coach Thibodeau is a defensive-minded coach. So if he's ready to rock and work hard defensively, he will be uh, somebody that Coach Thibodeau will love. Uh, we know he can score. We know he can run the court. Uh, we know he's an older player, which is strikes. You know, is a strike against you in this draft. He's twenty-two, so everybody's 18, 19, 20. He's the old man of the draft. Uh, But I think it was a good pick. It's a solid pick. It's a sound pick. It's a safe pick. But, you know, with the Knicks, it always seems to be a crapshoot. We'll see. (laughs) The problem with the Knicks is they can't bring anybody in free agency. Nobody wants to come here. They're not able to lure any big-time players to come and play in the quote-unquote Mecca with these young guys that they're trying to build around. But, it is a start to go with uh, last year's pick, who I think is going to be a quality NBA player, but still needs to learn how to play defense. Uh, but they need a point guard. They need they need a first-class point guard, and I don't know where that's going to come from.
0: You got a guy that could do highlight dunk after highlight dunk, and you can't go to the garden and watch games. So that's, that's totally Nick's, too. His first year might just be in front of empty chairs. Wonderful for the Knicks, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world for them. Interestingly enough as well, what's happened outside of the draft in some of the moves we've already had around the league, the bucks revamped their entire lineup more to come. Yeah. More to come. More to come. The bucks just decide, okay, we're going to video game our roster here, bring in a couple guys, get rid of a couple guys. The Lakers brought in someone that needs it's, his own special letter on the keyboard if you want to spell Schroeder correctly with the little dots above the O. Danny Green is no more. He was trending on Twitter again, kind of like a cap tip, probably for the Danny Green trending on Twitter. This might have been like the end, the last one, the the grand finale, the sayonara for him being trending on Twitter because it's usually never good, unfortunately, for Danny Green. He's trending on Twitter. He ends up with the Sixers people going to and fro, but one person not yet is James Harden. Although he has said he wants to go to the Brooklyn Nets to team up with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving leave Houston. He turned down $50 million to play basketball for one year. He said, Nope, I'm good. And he wants to go to the Brooklyn Nets. I am a little confused by this. Just because of the personalities of those three gentlemen. As the train goes by and we hop on all aboard the James Harden train for this part of the segment, I don't see it working. I I don't see them being old enough in their careers to pull the really only successful big three, drop our guard down, and just mesh as one. Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, forget about what we did as individuals. Let's come together to form this team and play together and win this championship. Now the heat were able to do it. Dwayne Wade took a little bit less of a role with LeBron James coming in. Chris Bosh did the same. (laughs) I don't know how this scenario will play out when there's 20 seconds in the game and let's just say James Harden has the basketball. You're going to be telling me that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant aren't going to be standing at both wings, clapping their hands for the ball to shoot the game winning shot. I don't have any clue how that tripling could be successful. Hard enough to see it working out with just Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for starters. We haven't even seen that because of injury and, and the bubble and everything that happened. So now you're going to bring in James Harden when you don't know what you have with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant yet. All right. Talk about that show in New York. Forget about Madison Square Garden. Get off the train and see what's going on in Jay Z's house. I'm confused. James, Hard- James Harden has three years
1: left on his contract. That he does. So th- th- this is not, don't get me wrong, I, I don't love what AD did, but. You know, that was the typical one year left on my contract. You know, If you don't send me where I want to go, you know, I'm not gonna, you're going to get nothing for me. That's the power play we see with a lot of athletes in professional sports. He has three years left on his contract. So he's not going anywhere, whether he wants to go there or not, unless the Rockets get good value because he's got a contract which requires him to play if he wants to get paid a fortune. He turned down the $50 million year extension. Okay. Which means he doesn't want to be there for another two years. But last time I checked, he's got not one, not two, with three years left on his Rockets contract, which means either you play for the Rockets or you don't get paid. Now the Rockets can sit back and deal from a position of strength that if I'm the Rockets, I will actively try and move James Harden and I will try and move him to the Philadelphia 76ers from which I want Ben Simmons and let him team up with Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, the newly acquired Danny Danny, Danny Green and compete in the East the same way he competed in the West. They won't be good enough, the same way they weren't good enough in the West, but they'll compete because of him, Embiid, Denny Grudenny, and others. But it's not working out with Embiid, and it's not working out with his six-foot-nine-inch can't put the ball of the ocean from 15 feet, let alone three point range, teammate. So let's take Ben Simmons to Houston and build around him there and put a bunch of shooters around him. Same way you did with Harden, but get a guy besides him who's not going to be bombing away nonstop, who's going to get everybody those shots and can finish in the paint at six foot nine. Six foot ten. And be a destroyer. Now, ideally, if I were them, I would try and get him beat, but they probably wouldn't make that deal. But you move him for Ben Simmons. What are you gonna get from the Nets? You're gonna get Spencer Dinwiddie, you're gonna get the kid from Michigan with a broken ankle, who I like a lot. All right. Maybe you're gonna get Josh Allen. You're gonna get the kind of stuff that makes you, you know, in the West maybe a fringe playoff team. That's not how you rebuild. You don't rebuild with decent NBA players so you can be 40 and 40, or in this case, 35 and 37 with a 72-game season. That's not how you rebuild. You want to rebuild with one star, one young star, it's 23 years old, I believe, and that's where you start. You got to have a building block if you're going to deal James Harden. You don't deal him for a cavalcade of mediocrity. And since you've got him for three years, you're not over a barrel to trade him. You make sure you get good value. The guy you trade, if you can trade him, is the guy that I love, but obviously has shown he is not. Fitting into pretty much any scheme for purposes of winning a title, you deal Russ and you try and get a matched up big salary and picks for Russ. Would the Knicks be a tanker? Charlotte? Can you find anybody to take Russ for that massive salary? No one will play hard anywhere he goes. New York would love him because he plays so hard. But it's not a winning equation because of the way he has dominated the ball. And even though we was playing incredibly well last year before the pandemic hit, was not the same player after it. But it just seems that Russ's style of playing hard, playing angry, but not being a very good shooter is not working for wins because if he's still going to shoot and not shoot well from three or a high percentage from two, it's not going to be advantageous unless he's taking fewer shots and making others around him the better. And that's going to be tough to do with a Nick team that doesn't have that much talent. I remember he was playing incredibly well, before the pandemic hit. All the numbers were up. His field goal percentage was skyrocketing. He had stopped taking threes. He was going to the basket constantly, was getting to the foul line. Uh, He was taking some of the ball handling, a lot of the ball handling pressure off of Harden, and Harden was playing off the ball, and effectively, and playing more defense. But, you know, they're in the West, and they just weren't good enough to win the West. So, Very intriguing to see what happens with that one, but both of them. But I don't think James Harden is going anywhere until Houston gets exactly what they want. I believe they'll settle on moving Russ simply because, you know, you're looking to move Russ's contract. That's a bad contract. Even though Harden makes a fortune, it's not a bad contract because there are a lot of teams who want
0: him. But I can't see him with the Nets. Just can't see it. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato. And this is the new report, old report. Shame on Durant for not being the one to move. Come over to Houston and we'll get the band back together and see what the formerly OKC Thunder Trio super team can do at this stage <laughs> of their careers. What that are we doing? be
1: interesting. That would be interesting. We don't want two out of three. To, we need to, the whole thing to bring thing. that band back together. Uh, look, it's going to be very intriguing. The Nets are, to me, far and away the most intriguing team because, look, I, I thought Durant was the best player in basketball before he got hurt. Remember, Durant has played in the last he didn't play last year at all. So, in the prior three seasons, Durant played in ten. NBA Finals games. 10. Won nine of them.
0: Won nine of them. Yeah, we kind of forget how great. Won four to five because of that. Because it was the Warriors.
1: Won four straight. And then in the series they lost, he only played in the one game which they won and he got hurt in. Right. So the last 10 Finals games he's played in, in which they won two finals back to back. And then lost, going for the three, Pete. It's pretty impressive. And at that point in time, I was convinced that the best player alive was Kevin Durant. Better than Freak. Better than, at the time, MVP Russ. Better than LeBron. Better than Harden better than everybody. I don't know what we're going to see now. I have no idea what we're going to say. This is an Achilles. It's a brutal injury. It's a debilitating injury. He's not 22 or 23 anymore. Begins with a three. Memory serves me correct. 80% of what he was, he's still terrific. If he's 90% of what he was, he's great but there remains to be seen. What is Irving coming off yet another injury and being the biggest wild card, even when he's healthy, quasi healthy in the lake. He is that box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. He opens his mouth. You never know what you're going to hear. incredibly intelligent guy by listening to him talk, but he never stops talking. He never stops talking. It's just nonstop. He just goes on and on and on. A post-game question turns into a recitation. And if it's in a win, it's always something positive. And if it's a loss, it just sounds like it's babble. Nonstop babble. Remember, this is the guy who complained about the liquor down there in the bubble. What are you going to get with him? And, and oh, by the way, remember the Celtics were better without him than they were with him. And I believe he said he was never going to leave. Boston. And indeed he did. And they were absolutely better without him than they were with him. How was he going to mix with Kevin Durant? Now, that's not even mentioning the notion of James Harden coming aboard. And then who's going to handle the ball? Who's going to have the ball? So, I I don't ever see that trade happening. I could be dead wrong. However, to me, even without that trade happening, this is far and away the most intriguing team. Like I said, very talented. Josh Allen, Dinwiddie, Lavert, Michigan kid who I love. I just remember the Michigan with a broken ankle. But, you know, Karis Lewis. very talented offensive player. Can do a score a lot of different ways. Woody's a nice player. Allen's a very active kid. Middle, good shot blocker, rebounder. So they have a chance to win that conference, no doubt about it. But what are these guys going to be? I have no idea. No idea. For the game, I hope they're good. For the Nets, I hope they're good. For the East, I hope they're good.
0: But I don't know. Jaden McDaniels to the Lakers and now he'll be shipped over to Oklahoma City as part of the Schroeder. Because trade. that pick was so made by excited. Oklahoma City. right? It's like watching a, a calculus problem, the NBA draft sometimes. Who's picking for whom? And now the Lakers
1: bring in exactly what they needed, a stroke of genius by what has now become one of the best general managers, arguably previously much maligned and now Rob Palenka just continues to get it done by making this deal for Danny Green and the first-round pick. He moves Danny Green's salary. It's a match salary-wise and they will now be able to resign him to an extension next year. Schroeder is was a six-man-of-the-year runner-up. He's a big-time scorer off the bench. He's a slasher, a penetrator, ball handler, High percentage from three. He's a rich man's Rondo. He's a more offensive-minded Rajon Rondo. Better shooter, better scorer, not as good a passer, not as good a defender, but you can't have everything. Not a bad defender, but clearly a tremendous addition to the Lakers. Uh, Absolutely what they needed. Insurance against Rondo leaving because – If Rondo wants to make a lot of money, the Lakers cannot resign. him Because people think, oh, well, don't you have his bird rights? No, because he was only there for a year. Bird rights got to be there for three years. They have bird rights for Pope. So they can go over the cap to resign OCP, uh, which if it's a reasonable deal, they will do. And I hope they will do because I desperately want him back. Rondo would have to come back on a, uh, you know, on, on a veterans exception or mid-level exception. Uh, mid-level, they wouldn't pay him that. They might pay him the veterans exception, um, but if he's looking for eight, ten million a year, the Lakers will simply not be able to do that—not by choice, but by virtue of the salary cap. It's, it will not be possible for them to do it. I know they want him back. Uh, and they could bring him back, you know, for 5 million a year. Uh, I'm one of the vets exceptions, but they couldn't pay him seven, eight, $10 million, which you might be looking for, whether it's for the Hawks. I really mean, want to pay for the Clippers. It's the last ones that want to see him go. So I've looted so hard for him this past year. Uh, and there's more, uh, more, more, more to do for the Lakers. They're interested in Ibaka. They're interested in Wesley Matthews. Uh, I'd like to bring Howard back. So, you know, it's going to be very, very intriguing to see what they do to uh, rebuild this squad. Um, you know, with, is Avery Bradley going to opt out? I think he is. It's fine by me if he does. It creates more salary cap um, And if he doesn't, he's relatively inexpensive at five million. But I don't see them having Avery Bradley and O.C. Paint. So that remains to be seen. But, you know, we'll see what the Lakers do to fill out their roster. Link has done a great job so far. I love this move. And there's still a lot you know, lot, lot to go. I mean, the Bucs made this huge move, bringing in true Holiday. who's was a wonderful player. Um, it looks like one of their other moves is not going to happen. Uh, their trade for Bogdanovich, the to Sacra Tomato, looks like it's going to run a foul because he wants to go the restricted free agency route instead of a sign-in trade. So that's not going to happen now. So Dante DiVincenzo is back with the Bucs, I guess. We'll know more about that tomorrow. Uh, when the dust settles on this draft, but you know the NBA taking front and center again.
0: Not bad. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Games are being played, and they're being played where? At Ash. Where the
1: Pittsburgh Steelers, somehow, someway, the worst undefeated team in the history of the sport, just roll on. And don't look now. But the New York football giants are in
0: the NFC East hunt. How about that? The NFC East never disappoints for just how garbage it can be and how wild it ends up being because of that, because you're right. It's still still a division. That's up for grabs. I'm shocked in a sense that Dallas, when this happened to Dak didn't go out and try to bring in somebody, anybody with a pulse that could throw a football, And a spiral to it. Anyone else, knowing what they had on their roster. Because pretty much just throwing away the the, season. The
1: obvious choice, the obvious choice is the beard who's lost his job in Miami. Absolutely. That's the obvious
0: choice. In Dallas? Could you imagine? How exciting. They didn't do it. I didn't even hear like rumblings. There wasn't even a uh, try. Lots of, lots of touchdowns and lots of interceptions. Yeah, well, you, you got a shot. <laughs> every game you're going to have a shot. Just like Phillip Rivers used to lead the Chargers to within a touchdown with the ball under two minutes. You got a shot. He's either throwing an interception or he's fumbling it. They didn't usually win those games. Chargers, but you were there. Are still
1: the, Chargers are still the same. Losing every game by less than a touchdown.
0: Yeah, they thought moving... Cities was going to save them from whatever curse that they're under. I don't know who they wronged, but whoever it is is, is still having its way with the now Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert playing the, out of I his mind. They can't the, win a I think it's game.
1: the Spinos family.
0: It has right. to be. I don't know what deal they made with the devil. It, it clearly wasn't worth it. Nothing. It's not like they won a Super Bowl to reap the rewards of whatever deal they made. But it, it, it couldn't be worth this. Anyway, the NFC East is, uh, it's a wild, wild west. And the Cowboys are a you know, game and a half back because the Eagles are lucking out with that tie. They were very excited to get that tie. That's why they're atop the division. But anybody could win it. Anybody could win it still. It's unbelievable how, how mediocre you just have to be to come out of that division. And this what's season.
1: still amazing is that one of those teams will get a home game in the NFL playoffs, a yep. rule that I believe should be changed, should have been changed long ago. Yeah, you, well, you got to protect the division winner. you got to reward the division winner. You are rewarding the division winner. They're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. You should not get a home game when you don't have a winning record. Plain and simple. If you can't have a winning record over 16 games and you make the playoffs because your division is so bad, you don't get a home game. Because the reason – I mean, think about this. You're playing those teams six times. You're playing teams against games against six miserable teams. And you still can't win nine games when six of them are against teams that stink, absolutely stink. And you still can't find your way to nine or even eighth. If you can't get to eight, you can't have a home game. Sorry. Can't have it. I don't care if it's a wild card team you're playing. Sorry. They got a better record. Pack your backs. Hit the road, Jack. You don't get a home game. If you can't, if you can't make eight and eight as a division winner, you don't get a home game. Pretty
0: simple. Pretty simple. I don't understand why that hasn't been changed. And people say it doesn't happen often. Blah blah blah. It's once still, is too much. Once is too much. When once it is was too much. Seven and nine, and we saw it happen years back. That should have been what did it enough. Once is too much. I mean, you still get in. Congratulations, but you don't get yeah, a home that's game. your
1: reward. You get don't get in. a home game. We're not banning the division. If you, you know, can we're, change not rules. You, we're not treating you like soccer, right we're not, we're not sending you down to the down to the minors, all right? We're not banning you from the playoffs. you get to play. you get to go to the second season. You just got to travel to do it. What are the possibilities of the NFL entire postseason being incredibly similar, similar to the MLB postseason? In to the bubbles we go. Remember, there's only one game. There's only one game. We don't have the word series. It's one and done. Are you up for an NFL bubble?
0: Absolutely. And I don't know how you don't. I don't know how you can watch what's happened in sports since sports have returned and think. The status quo and what you've done will be good enough or will work good enough once the postseason comes. Teams are dealing with this on a weekly basis. Teams have lost some of their best players because of this. Teams have had to trot out junior varsity players, basically. The 49ers had to do that against Green Bay. Somehow Vegas kept the spread at seven, and that was easily covered but this isn't something that just affects, Oh, it's, it's one team this week and it's one team. The next every week, it seemingly is every team and they continue to press forward, whether or not that's the best of ideas. They continue to press forward. Just put you the infected aside, lock the doors. In. We got to play these games. If you've got a contact with games. that person, shh, don't tell anybody. All right. Gotta get out get their, there and play.
1: Got to get their TV money.
0: Got to get those games sure. in.
1: What they have to do is they have to find a way to get the games in. And then they have to do massive testing
0: and bubble it up. I don't don't think there's any other way you you can do it. And I don't know why it's not being talked about now. Like start putting this into motion. Give us a couple of stadiums, figure out where the guys are going to stay. And there needs to be accountability. Now, I don't know if they need to get a a snitch phone like the NBA had down in its bubble that you could call if somebody was stepping out of line. But even the concept of a bubble of, well, we have the players staying at X hotel and they take Y transportation and they just go to and from either the practice field or the stadium. Unfortunately, it's never going to be as easy and easy is a terrible word to use here, but you get where I'm going, as the NBA bubble was in that you knew where everybody was. You didn't have to worry about outside sources ruining what they had built because everyone was tested. Everyone went to the same places, stayed in the same resorts in the same areas. It was literally just like putting a styrofoam container, a lid on top of where they were playing. Just like the Simpsons put an entire sphere around Springfield. That was, that was what they did. But you can't do that in the other sports because of how many players and personnel there are, etc. So there's still going to be risks of they're going to have more opportunities to be in more places. But try it at least do the best you can. And make sure you're telling the players like, listen, you're not going down to the restaurant down the street because you don't feel like being in the hotel anymore. Lock the doors. Call everybody at 11 like they're high school players and there's early curfew. Flick the lights. Do something. Everybody has to be on the same page for it to work, obviously. and, And things just have to luckily go your way because you could do everything right and still get it, obviously, and still screw your entire team over. Not on purpose, but you have to at least try. You have to at least put in the effort, and I hope they do. I can't see how they wouldn't. And maybe even go as far as one of the things that they're going to want is let's bring it to a stadium that is able to have fans. It'll be 50% capacity or 25 whatever the state allows and whatever the stadium can hold. Let's have it with fans too. Maybe you might not want to do that. Maybe you might not want to do that. And depending, since there are more teams and more games, are you going to have that be an option like we saw in Major League Baseball where it was only the CSs and then the World Series that had fans? I mean, we could see a wild card game in the AFC go on in an empty stadium and then the NFC is playing in a game where the place is packed or as crowded as it can be now during pandemic times all things that they have to figure out, and I really hope it's on the table already because it's going to take a lot of effort for it to happen. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to stay? Who goes where? How travel is going to happen? What teams are going to be in what cities?
1: It's a little easier because it's one and done. That's true. That is true. And and, and it's all one and done. Uh, Two out of three, three out of five, four out of seven. Everything is one and done. So, I believe it's eminently doable. And I think what we need to do is take two cities in each conference on each coast. Properly spread. So, whatever fans are going to go can all get chances. Not just in the Southeast, not just in the Southwest, not just in the, let's do, I mean, you know, we don't have to worry too much about weather for one or two games. And if we're going to stay, you know, East could be South, you know, it could be Carolina. Right? It could be Miami. It doesn't have to be Northeast. Good stadiums, quality facilities. Midwest Indianapolis is always a friendly site. Lots to do there. Walk right to the ballpark. Rams, new stadium, an obvious choice. There's four right there. Left, middle, southeast. Houston's a possibility. You know, for the south. Obviously, Dallas. Four. Two for each. Two for each. And that's where we're going to focus on. And that's where it's all going to happen. Figure it Until out. Until it's time for the Super Bowl. Figure it out. And the Super, and, and, and the super Bowl bubble. The Super Bowl bubble. This is the SP squared. Super Bowl bubble.
0: College basketball already announced that it hopes to be able to figure out what to do for the NCAA tournament and keeping it in one city. Easy. Somehow, some way. And as you mentioned, it's not necessarily one and done, but after the first weekend, drastic improvements to as how many people there are. It's gone in a
1: heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And you can just play more games on more days. Yeah. Spread them out. Instead of starting on a Thursday and Friday, you can start on a Tuesday. You can play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can play the next round earlier in the week. All eminently doable. All very feasible. Find a way. We put you know, How many times do you have to say it? What do we always fall back? We put men on the moon. <laughs> brought them back. We can figure out a way to get kids, adults, into a facility, in a city, safely, play, get them in, get them out. No positive tests in the NBA bubble. One of the most amazing accomplishments that will go unnoticed and rarely talked about in the history of Major League Sports. One of the most amazing accomplishments in this pandemic is the fact, to the NBA's credit, Not one positive test in the bubble. Truly amazing. It's nothing to do with the fact that our Lakers won the title. Not one positive test in the bubble. On the field, the NFC is a mess. We now know that, as you said, nobody's any good. Green Bay is pretty good. They struggle every week. It's mediocre teams. Seattle now is falling by the wayside. And the supposed shoe and, and MVP is returning to goodness from greatness. Kyler Murray is the latest on the Magician. And one week Tampa looks great. The next week they look hideous. And in New Orleans, there's been a Taysom Hill signing. Not to mention the fact that famous Jameis is in the house. In the AFC, my team's in trouble as they lose a terrible game in New England in a deluge. Some bad luck. Uh, two terrible snaps that cost them dearly defensive series that cost them, and they lose again where they just didn't have the ball enough. Uh, Lamar Jackson was okay. Terrible interception before halftime. Uh, they did not have the ball that many possessions because New England's effectiveness running the ball early. And then when it was late, Lamar had a chance for a drive with plenty of time left, and there was a bad snap that set him back. Clearly, should have been a personal foul call at the end of that play, unnecessary roughness. Because it was New England, as usual, they let it go. Said the player was going for the ball. Doesn't matter if you're going. First of all, the ball was in the possession of the quarterback, who was on the ground, and then he was hit. That was a blatant 15-yard penalty, which would have negated the bad snap, and they would have first and ten at right about where they started. with a chance to go down the field for the winning drop. And then with, by the time they got the ball back, the deluge slash storm that hit New York two hours earlier, hit New England. And with a minute and a half to go, they had the ball in a, for lack of a better term, a hurricane.
0: Bill Belichick uh, flipped the switch. Like he was at Buffalo wild wings. in One of those commercials. and and down, it came.
1: and down it came an absolute deluge. Couldn't see. Teaming and the Ravens are suddenly six and three with the Titans this week in Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving. Now, the rest of their schedule is relatively easy. They've got three games in the NFC East, but there's a lot of six and three teams in the AFC. Two is Dolphins, everybody's excited about them.
0: The Raiders. Speaking of twos with Dolphins, their- I think Denver might be a little too excited for him to come to what should still be called Mile High Stadium. I'm looking at the schedule as you're talking about all these teams, and they have how much tickets are at certain games to allow fans. Denver's leading the way this week for ticket prices, with tickets starting as low as two hundred and fifteen dollars. Who in their right mind is paying $215 to see Drew Locke trot his bruised ribs out onto the field and suck for three quarters until the defense starts laying off on the fourth and he throws a couple touchdowns to get the over. And to a tongue of Iloa, we still are, you know, we'll see. We'll see how he is. We'll see. He's worth $215 to go see. Just watch the no, highlights from so. last week's game. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. I don't think so. So, you have the
1: Ravens at six and three. You have the Titans at six and three. You have the Raiders at six and three. You have the Dolphins at six and three. You have the Bills leading the division. Browns that brought left the Browns.
0: How could you forget your Browns? Here they Browns come. Here they come. We it's got amazing that extra how spot many people still refer
1: to them as my Browns because I am. Folks, an original Browns fan, because I followed my Browns to Baltimore. That's where my Browns are. These are the fake Browns. These are the phony Browns. I followed my team and didn't wait two years for the fake Browns. Playing in the new stadium they built for them that they couldn't build for down. So my Ravens are not only six and three. My Ravens are banged up to the nth degree. So they're going to see exactly now what this quarterback is made of.
0: There's that old team, the Kansas City Chiefs, just rolling along. Had a nice bye week this week, got to sit back and relax, take everything in, and they continue to roll. We'll see. All we can really hope for and all we really need every week is just stay on the field, boys and girls. Do what you need to do to stay on the field as best you can. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week.
1: Folks, from my part of the great John, Tiny Lund, I am El Renato Kiev from White Plains. Stay safe and have a great sports weekend, buddy.
0: We'll be back at 8 p.m. Eastern Time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at SportsRadioAmerica.com and interact with the show there as well, or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.